This morning, uh, I'm going to speak to you about uh, overcoming anxiety, right? Uh, and uh, I'm going to talk to you uh, about that. And even as we uh, jump into the sermon, I have a, a clip from a movie that's called uh, King's Speech. I don't know if you've seen the movie, fantastic movie, highly recommend that. Uh, it's uh, played by Colin Firth. It's actually a true story about uh, King George the Sixth, and Colin Firth plays King George the uh, Sixth. And I'm going to play a small clip for you uh, to watch that, and then we'll start the song. Good afternoon. This is the BBC National Programme and Empire Service, taking you to Wembley Stadium for the closing ceremony of the Empire Exhibition. Where His Royal Highness, the Duke of York, will read a message from his father, His Majesty King George V. Using the new invention of radio, the opening ceremony was the first time His Majesty the King addressed his subjects on the wireless. All right. Uh, it's, a, it's a kind of a moving uh, scene, but a moving, uh, very touching movie as well. Uh, Colin Firth does a fabulous job of kind of depicting uh, King George VI, right? And if you look at him, uh, uh, Colin Firth and King George VI has a problem, but it's a kind of a deep-rooted problem. There's a reason why he's raised in a certain way. He's got some childhood trauma, sadness in the past, and all that is kind of captured in the way uh, he, he's stuttering. 
and he struggles with that stuttering, right? Uh, and every time he is filled with anxiety, and every time he is filled with fear, uh, he begins to stutter, right? And it's a it's a phenomenal movie where uh, he kind of deals with that, right? Uh, and uh, when I when I thought about this uh, movie and I was talking about I was thinking about my own life in 2020, 2020 uh, in some ways seemed like that. I was like that in 2020, and maybe that is your life, right? Every time you meet people, every time you look at your future. Uh, every time you think about what is going to happen, when you look at your finances, when you look at the world, uh, we feel like that, right? Suddenly there's anxiety that grips, there's fear that grips. Uh, in fact, I was reading a report uh, by WHO, uh, World Health Organization. It, it says India is, it, India is the most depressed country in the world. And they have the reasons. Maybe it's not very accurate, whatever that is. But it is in some sense true. They say India is the most depressed nation in the world. And I was a little surprised because Pakistan and all comes a little later. I'm like, dude, this is probably not true. But it is, it does highlight something, right? Uh, last year, there was a uh, there was a company called Practo. Practo does this medical kind of assistance and all that stuff uh, online and all that stuff. And they did a survey, right, among people. And they said uh, the queries for mental health issues rose up 600% last year. And most of the queries, 80% of the queries for were for age group 40 and below, right? Uh, so it does it does bring out something. There's something going on that we cannot we cannot miss, right? And the common issues uh, that people would call in and ask for help in this uh, service provider was anxiety, panic attack, depression, uh, alcohol problem, uh, sleep disorders. Obsessive compulsive disorders, fear, and all these things. People call in with all these kinds of issues, right? So this morning, we're, we're going to think about something very similar. We're going to think about how do we overcome anxiety, right? How do we overcome anxiety? And uh, and uh, I'm I'm going to share a little bit from my own uh, my own journey in this uh, through last year. So it's going to be a little personal. Uh, and uh, we're going to look at a passage from Philippians chapter four, right? Philippians chapter four, verses four to seven. Uh, and uh, uh, we're going to be thinking through that. Usually, usually, in my in my opinion, usually Christians don't do well with anxiety. Churches don't handle anxiety well. Right? Uh, we we have pat answers. We we somehow think that believers uh, cannot be anxious. Oh no, believers. <laughs> this is only for celebrities, and this is for all these other people, right? Uh, somehow uh, we are scared of anxiety. Right? We, we don't want to talk about anxiety. We don't engage with anxiety. Right? Uh, sometimes we have these pat answers in church. Right? Uh, just pray, everything will get better. Right? Just pray. Just read the Bible more. Right? Just do something more. Pray uh, something. Uh, God will take care of you. Right? Uh, so we have these ready-made uh, pat answers. Right? We, we say, just trust God. Yeah, just trust God. Right? Everything will be fine. Don't, don't worry. Just be happy. Just be happy. Just claim, claim his promise. No? Just keep claiming his promise. We say all these random stuff. Which doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, we, we really don't know how to deal with anxiety or how to even heal from anxiety, right? Um, so we're going we're gonna to think through this a little bit, right? So, uh, and uh, just to kind of help us understand, anxiety is a normal emotion, right? Anxiety is not bad. Some of we, we get scared of anxiety, right? Anxiety is a very normal human emotion, right? Uh, uh, you were you anxious before an exam, right? <laughs> you were anxious before an interview, uh, if you're taking up a new job, you are anxious. This and fear and anxiety are very similar, right? They have similar emotions. Fear is uh, something immediate. When something immediate is going to happen, when a dog is about to bite you, uh, you you are 
uh, there is fear, fear grips you, right? Uh, whereas if you have fear of dogs, uh, th- that's anxiety, right? So, but both have very similar emotional response, right? Your emotions are responding in a very similar way, right? Uh, so anxiety is not, not all anxiety is bad, right? Uh, sometimes uh, before an exam, when you're anxious, it maybe makes you prepare harder, right? You focus better, you prepare harder, uh, you're, you're able to learn well, uh, you're able to prepare yourself well, you're, you're able to be alert uh, uh, sometimes. So it is, a, it is kind of a normal, God-given human emotional response to situations, right? Uh, but there is also bad anxiety, right? Like all emotions, uh, anxiety also is tainted by sin, right? Uh, so, uh, so anxiety uh, is also tainted by sin and its root is kind of found in unbelief, right? And this is how, if you're a believer, uh, I just want to, right off the bat, I want to tell you what I think about this, right? If you're a believer and you are dealing with anxiety, anxiety is not lack of faith, right? Sometimes we think of anxiety and we think you're not a believer, you don't love God, all that stuff, right? Anxiety is not a lack of faith, but it is a battle of faith, it's a battle of faith, right? Uh, so in that context, I want, I want us to think about this, right? And let me give you a quick personal uh, kind of story and then we'll jump into the passage, right? Last year, January was my birthday uh, and uh, you, you guys know Akshay. Akshay uh, planted Redeemer Church uh, in Delhi. Uh, Akshay uh, g- uh, gifted me a book last year, right? Uh, and uh, the, the book was called Finding Quiet. Uh, uh, and it's about a person's journey with anxiety. Right. So he gifted me the book in January. January, there was no coronavirus, all this stuff, no lockdown. Right? He gave me the book and I'm like, oh, great, bro. Thank you. I'm happy to get books. I put it in my shelf. Uh, I said, OK, fantastic. Right. Uh, little did I know that Corona was going to come, lockdown was going to come. And that book was one of the most important books I read last year. Right. Uh, and uh, and uh, for me. Right. Uh, one of the things I do when I when I get worked up and when I get anxious is I uh, I usually work hard. Right. I try to do a project. I try to preach more. I try to do something. I try to visit people. I do all these things. Uh, I do things right to cover my own fears and anxieties. Right. Uh, and one thing in the lockdown, and I, I was talking to somebody. They were saying how one thing during the lockdown that happened is people usually do keep themselves busy and suppress their emotion. Right? We never deal with our emotions. We suppress our emotions and we, we cover it with busyness of life. Right? During the lockdown, suddenly you have time. Right? You, there is time. You cannot cover yourself in this. And these emotions were coming up. And people didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to deal with it. Right? Uh, so during last year of March and April, uh, when we when we moved and all of all of us right along with all of the whole world we moved into online services and Zoom and all these things and uh, and those things get me excited I'm kind of doing stuff organizing delegating all that March and April we did a lot of things we were transitioning uh, transitioning to online service uh, May and June is when I I suddenly began to struggle because I somehow lost. I didn't get the point of online service. Right? I'm like, what are we doing online? <laughs> what is going on here? Is this, I, God didn't call me to ministry for this. I'm not going to look at a screen. And I was, I was really not doing well, right? Uh, but we were doing things. Right? I began to struggle. Uh, one of the things that happened in uh, Delhi was many people left Delhi. Like, like Mumbai, Delhi is also a very immigrant uh, kind of a city. A lot of people, like almost half the church left Delhi. Uh, all the expats left. Uh, offering was coming down. 
uh, uh, we we are in a lock-in lease. I don't know if you understand that. I mean, we are locked in lease. So we have a space in Delhi in a place called Hoskos Village. Um, and uh, we just finished one year. We've got two years of lease left. We cannot just leave, right? Uh, so for me, it, I was I was terrified, right? O- offering is down. People are down. Uh, how am I going to pay? <laughs> what am I going to do, right? So this was just, it was just working in my mind. Right. I was really getting uh, scared of some of those things. Uh, and as things were going on, uh, for me, I really struggled with Zoom, right? And especially uh, for me, I told you, right, I didn't see any purpose in kind of engaging on Zoom. I was just, it was draining me, right? I was, uh, every Zoom meeting, I would get anxious. I don't know why. See, I'm not an anxiety guy. <laughs> I'm not, if you, anybody knows me, this is not me, right? And in fact, people would always tell me, right, you're out of character. There's something not right, right? I started skipping meetings. I won't meet, right? I, 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 and every time I preach, when I see videos off, I would just sink into anxiety, right? And for me, uh, the reason was, and, I, and the reason is, and uh, that's why when Anand asks you to put your, <laughs> I also keep saying, please, please say, please put your screen on, brother. <laughs> no, the reason is, uh, for me, when I was thinking of screens that are switched off, and I, and I understand people switch off the screens, right? But for me, I was thinking, you know what, maybe I'm not interesting, right? Maybe people don't want to engage, right? Maybe people are not listening. I don't, I don't know what they are doing. Right? Uh, maybe I'm not doing a good job. Right? So I started internalizing all these things. Right? Maybe I'm not. So for me, in my head, I was thinking, Ranjit, you're not doing a good job. If you're doing a good job, people would be engaging with you right now. But the screens are off, which means you're not doing a good job. Right? You're not a good pastor. Right? You're failing. If you fail, you know what's going to happen? People are not going to give to church. You know, if they don't give, you know what's going to happen? You cannot pay rent. You know what happens if you cannot pay rent? You are a failure. Church is going to fail. I was just panicking, right? I was, I couldn't, and I want to be gracious. I want to be loving. But in my head, I just couldn't stop it. Right? My head was just spinning. Uh, uh, and I did try, right? I, and as always, I, I started a new series and I was loving it, right? I was loving it. I don't care. <laughs> People like, I was loving this new series. I prepared, I did that. Uh, we did a series in Song of Solomon. It went for a, a nine, a nine or weeks or something. I just enjoyed that book and I really loved it. And then after I finished the book, I crashed. Right? I crashed. And it was during that time, uh, uh, Deepa also became very sick. My wife became very sick, and she struggles with a chronic kind of situation in her pancreas. So the pancreatitis became flared up, extreme pain. So she was in bed for one month. Uh, and I, I suddenly, I was thinking, what is the point? What, is, what am I doing here? No, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares if my wife is sick. Nobody cares if I'm going through all these things. So my head was just filled with all these thoughts, right? Uh, I basically, this is what I was longing, right? I, I, I was just longing for somebody to come and tell me, Ranjit, you're okay. You're going to make it. I, I was just wanting somebody to say, Ranjit, it's okay. You're going to be fine. Right? And I really wanted that. I wanted that. And, I, and it was such a hard kind of a season for us. Uh, and then I, I knew there was something wrong. Right? I, I knew because I could not sleep for several months. Uh, I uh, was skipping meetings. Like I said, my thoughts were negative. Uh, there was a constant ache in my heart. It, there was a constant ache. It was just sinking me. Right? I'm, I'm not happy. There's not, I mean, I'm a smile. I'm a look at people and stuff, but there's something heavy in my heart constantly, 
right? Uh, and I'll be awake at two, three in the morning. Uh, and it was almost like I'm staring at an abyss, right? I'm staring at, at a bottomless pit. And there's something that's just pulling me, right? It's pulling me down. And it was terrifying me, right? I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't share this with people. I didn't share this with anybody. But I was really scared. And I would do something else. I would prepare something. I would try. But then when I'm quiet, when I'm not doing anything, it was pulling me. I felt like if I fall, I'm not going to come back, right? Uh, it was a terrifying season for me, right? And I knew there was something wrong. And I didn't know what it was. I'm, I didn't know about anxiety and all these things. I didn't know what was going on, right? Uh, because I've never experienced this before. Uh, so finally, I called Akshay. I said, bro, I've got to meet, right? Uh, so I called Akshay. Uh, we both of us went for lunch. It was during the lockdown. I went for lunch. Uh, we ate. We talked about... Oh, politics, U.S. politics. We talked about everything. I didn't say anything, right? Uh, we finished the lunch. I came back, right? Because I was a little ashamed. I didn't know how people are going to take it. I didn't know what are they going to say. I, didn't, I, I was really scared, right? So I came back and I was so angry, right? I said, man, the reason I went is to ask for help and I didn't, right? What is, the, what is going on, right? So this happened on a Wednesday, Saturday, I crashed, right? Three in the morning, I I just couldn't. I said, this is done. I'm over, right? I, I'm done. I'm, I'm not gonna, I can't, I can't make it, right? There's something, and I feel it probably there was a panic attack or something, right? At three in the morning, Saturday morning, I just, I I, I couldn't. I felt like I'm, I'm done. This is what I was thinking. I, I can't, I'm not, I can't be a pastor. I can't do this, right? Uh, thankfully, I messaged three people, right? And one guy, and if you know Jonathan uh, from New City, uh, thankfully he's in the US, so he immediately called me, right? At three in the morning because he's in the US, he immediately called me, said, Randy, what's going on, right? So I, I basically told him again, and I said, Jonathan, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know what's going on, right? And I just cried. I was just bawling. And my family doesn't know, right? I mean, they're they out sleeping. I just broke down. I said, I, I don't know how to deal. I don't know what is going on with me, Right? Uh, thankfully, he's been through similar situations. So he prayed for me. A couple of others, I reached out that day. I sent them a couple of other messages. Uh, they reached out. Uh, and uh, that is where my journey in dealing with my anxiety started. Right? And, uh, uh, and, and I want to tell you, I'm not, I'm not over it. Right? It's not like I'm now <laughs> superhuman. <laughs> no, I'm still dealing. I know, I know what I am. Right? I, know, I know what happened. Right? In fact, I was telling somebody, uh, I feel like, uh, like a, I, I feel like I'm wounded, right? It's like I got a bullet shot. If, if you're a cop or if you're in the army or something, if you get shot, it marks you for your life, right? So for me, uh, this bout with anxiety, I'm like a wounded person, right? I, I, I know what, what happened, right? Uh, and I know what I'm vulnerable for, right? Uh, so so this is, it is in this context that I'm going to share. Now, why am I sharing this, right? Now, Anand asked me to share and I said, man, uh, and I had other things I could share, but I felt like this is something I want to talk about, right? Uh, and uh, maybe if you're feeling something like this, if you're going something like this, I hope uh, today's sermon helps you think about this a little bit. I'm not sharing because I, I've got all the answers, but I'm sharing because Jesus is helping me, right? Uh, Jesus is helping me. Jesus is my only comfort, right? Uh, C.S. Lewis uh, says this, right? He says, uh, mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also harder to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. 
It is easier to say, my tooth is aching than to say, my heart is broken. Right? It is tough. It is tough. Right? And in some ways, 2020 has, has made us open to some of these things. Right? So here's the passage. Right? Philippians 4, 4. Uh, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right? So we're going to look at this, uh, this passage. And Paul is actually writing in prison. Right? In some sense, he is in a lockdown. Right? And uh, uh, much worse than us, he is chained to, uh, uh, in, the, in the prison. He is not able to meet his friends. Uh, he, I'm sure... I'm sure he's anxious about the church. I'm sure he's anxious about his own life. I'm sure he's anxious about the gospel. He's anxious about people. He's anxious about the new believers. He, he's, I'm sure, right? He, he's struggling, right? Uh, in, in the lockdown, in locked up, right? Uh, not knowing what's going to happen in the future, right? Now, uh, maybe thinking, what, what if everything fails? What if everything, I don't know what he was thinking, right? But he's in that circumstance, uh, but then he is full of joy. <laughs> he's full of joy, right? Philippians is an episode of joy, right? How is that? How is that possible, right? So here are three practical steps, three steps that I've learned in the last few months uh, that I'm, I'm trying to do. And, uh, and from uh, we're going to look at it from scripture, right? Three practical steps to deal with anxiety. Firstly, firstly uh, be conscious, Okay, be conscious, right? Very simple. Philippians 4 4. Uh, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice, right? Uh, and, and in verse 7, he says, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus, right? He, he actually, it's like a bookend, right? He, he says two things. One, he says, Joy. The other, he says, Peace. And I want to ask you this morning, right? Uh, how is your joy this morning? How is your joy? How is your peace? Right? How is your motivation? Uh, how is your heart? How is your rest? Are you able to rest? Right? Uh, if there is one thing that happens, anxiety robs joy and peace. Right? It's going to rob. It's going to sap joy and peace. If you're anxious, one thing that's going to happen is you're not going to, you're not going to experience joy. You're not going to experience peace, right? Uh, so, so the first thing I would say is be conscious. Be conscious of what's going on. I had no idea what was going on, right? I, I was doing all kinds, of, but I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea what was going on in my body. I had no idea what was going on in my thoughts. I had no idea. And a lot of times... We don't have any idea. We will start working. We will start doing. We will start binge watching. We will do all kinds of stuff without really knowing what's happening, right? Uh, and a lot of times our body is crying for help, right? Or our mind is crying for help, right? Uh, so be conscious. Be conscious of your body, right? Be conscious of uh, if you're restless, if you're tired. Be conscious if you're not able to sleep, if there is an ache that, that you cannot explain, Right? Be conscious of your body, right? Uh, be conscious of your emotions. Are you are you are you afraid? 
Are you over afraid? Right? Are you uh, uneasy? Are you feeling overwhelmed? What's happening uh, with your emotions? Right? Uh, be conscious of your thoughts. Right? Are, are these thoughts repetitive? Is it keep coming back again and again? You're not able to snap out of these thoughts. Is it uncontrollable? Is it irrational? Right? Irrational. Uh, are you internalizing these thoughts? Right. For example, if you're uh, if you if you're scared of an exam result, you may say, "Okay, I might fail in the exam." Right. That's one way to interpret that. Uh, some will interpret saying, "Oh, if I fail in this exam, oh, then I won't get a job, which means I won't get married, uh, which means uh, I'm going to be a loser in life." Right. It could be just one fifth standard uh, <laughs> English exam, but they are thinking of their whole life. Right. Uh, that that is that's what I'm saying. Right. You're internalizing uh, and you're thinking, "I'm a failure." I'm a failure, right? All these thoughts, right? Uh, be, be conscious of your thoughts. Be conscious of your behavior, right? For some reason, are you more aggressive? Are you more irritable? Are you more angry, right? Uh, some, some will avoid. Are you trying to avoid meetings? Avoid meeting people? Avoid social stuff? Are you, are you avoiding, right? Uh, are you running away? Are you uh, escaping? Are you procrastinating? Uh, or are you uh, indulging in some habits, binge watching, over bit? Be conscious of what you're doing. Be conscious, right? Okay. Second, first you be conscious. Be conscious of your joy. Be conscious of your heart, your body, your emotions, your behavior. Second is be curious, not just conscious. Uh, I want you to be curious, right? Find out what's happening, right? Why? Why is this happening? Right? Be a little curious about your own heart. Uh, verse 5 says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And I love the word reasonableness. And let your reasonableness be known to everyone. <laughs> let it be known to everyone. Uh, the opposite of reasonableness is irrational. Right? Uh, irrational. You're impatient. You're selfish. You're erratic. Right? Uh, you're making senseless decisions. It doesn't make sense. Right? That's the opposite of reasonableness. Right. Uh, another version, I think NIV uses the word gentleness. Right? The opposite of gentleness is anger, irritation, fear, right? being unfriendly, being aloof, being a little distant. Right. Uh, be, be aware, be curious, be curious. If people are noticing, be curious. Don't, don't, because people were telling me, right? And I, this is how it started. I knew there was something wrong because. Uh, people in church and close friends in church were saying, what is going on? You're not, usually I'm sending some gif or I'm, <laughs> I'm sending something silly about something. I stopped messaging. For a month, I didn't message anybody. Right? Uh, so they asked me, is everything okay? Right? You're, and one person used a nice word. Right? He, said, uh, he said, you're out of character. You're out of character. There's something, what's going on? Nobody knew. They didn't expect me to <laughs> happen like this, but be curious. Don't just dismiss it. Be curious about it, right? Uh, be curious about what's happening in your heart and be curious about how you're coping this. We all have a coping mechanism, right? Uh, think about how you're coping this. And I'm going to give you three things you need to be curious about. Firstly, firstly, uh, 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 this is what you need to be curious about. First thing is anxiety reveals your go-to solutions. Okay? Be curious about that. Anxiety, in some sense, reveals... What are your go-to solutions in life? Right? Uh, your go-to solutions can be pleasure. And I tell you, right? I don't know. Theo Brahma. Theo Brahma is in Mumbai, right? 
I think that's where it started. Oh my gosh. I mean, like, uh, like <laughs> in my neighborhood, there was a new theater about during the lockdown. You won't believe this. Every day, like every day for like four or five months, me and my wife, Deepa, we would be sitting and we we're like, okay, the kids are in bed. Okay, what do you want to do? Okay, dear Brahma, right? Let's get that million dollar, whatever, millionaire uh, brownie. Let's get that. Let's get this. So we'll order a swiggy guy. will come give it. Every day we ate that brownie. <laughs> so sometimes you go to these things. You go to food. You go to pleasure. Right, you you go pick up habits. Right, uh, you what do you do? How are you coping? Sometimes you work. I I I sometimes work to cover up my my uneasiness. I work so that I feel better. Right, uh, and when somebody says, "Oh, good job," somehow I feel better about myself. Right, uh, anxiety reveals your core solution. So be curious. Be curious where you go to to fix yourself immediately. Right, second. Second, anxiety reveals deeper feelings. And this is what I'm learning. I'm learning this, right? Anxiety reveals deeper feelings. Anxiety is kind of a surface feeling. But there's something else going on in the inside, right? Uh, and it could be anything. It could be fear. There could be fear underneath that's causing anxiety. Uh, there could be uh, grief and sadness, right? Uh, last year, they say, collectively, the whole world was grieving last year. Right? Why? There is some sense because see, if you lose somebody, if you lose something, you're you're grieving. Your family is grieving. But last year, the entire world lost something. Right? They either lost somebody or they lost they lost their work. They lost doing their hobbies. They lost going to their favorite restaurant. They they couldn't. They like they lost. Everybody is grieving. So there is a collective grief across the whole world at the same time. Right? And a lot of that grief comes out as anxiety, right? So it could be sadness and grief. It could be unprocessed sadness from your childhood or from what's happened or, or some something that's happened in your life and you've not dealt with sadness. It could be embarrassment. Maybe there's something that happened at work and you're embarrassed or uh, maybe that is causing anxiety. Uh, it could be loneliness. It could be uh, something to do with the hurt. You've, you're hurt, you're broken and that is causing anxiety. So Anxiety is a surface feeling and there's, there's something else underneath it that's fueling the anxiety, right? So for, for me, right, and for me, and this is what I, I learned, right? For me, my deeper feeling was a fear of failure. I don't want to fail, right? And, and uh, one of the questions that my friends and I told you, I, I sent a message to three guys. And one of the guys asked me, he was talking to me, he said, really, what, tell me what's happening. And he asked me these questions. He said, what, what is really going on? What, what, I, what is going on? Right? He said, what is, are you afraid of something? What's happening? Right? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid the church might fail. I'm afraid I'm not able to pay. I, if I don't pay for the rent, I feel like the church was going to fail. Right? And he kept pushing me. He said, no, you failed before. Yeah, of course I failed before. So what is this? What, what, is, what about this? So for me, I realized, right, in my, in that conversation, I realized I don't want to look like a failure. See, I failed before. But I don't want to look like a failure. I don't want anybody to look at me as a failure. You know what I'm saying? That terrified me. And that was anxiety. So there could be something else going on in your heart. So be curious. Be curious. It, it reveals deeper feeling. It reveals something you need to take care of in your heart. Right? Thirdly, anxiety reveals our functional savior. Right? And, and I'm sure you understand this term. Uh, it reveals our functional savior. It reveals our heart ideal. It reveals a false savior. 
It, it reveals something that you made ultimate and maybe that is threatened and that is why it's causing anxiety. And for me, right, and I'm talking about, for me, the church plan became ultimate. The survival of the church plan became ultimate and, I, and my reputation became ultimate, right? And, and so when that was threatened, I was sinking into anxiety, right? So what about you? What have you made as ultimate? What did you make as ultimate that's causing anxiety? So I want to ask you this, right, this morning. What, what are you really afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are, what are you really anxious about? Yeah, yeah, you're anxious, but what are you really anxious about? What, what, what story do you believe in your head? Right? What, what, what is that? What is that narrative that keeps going on in your head? Yeah, yeah, you believe God. I understand that. You believe Jesus. I understand all that. But what is, what is that going on in your head? What is that? Be curious. Where, where do you run to feel better? Did something happen at work? What happened? Did someone say something? What's going on? Are you grieving some loss? Are you sad? So one thing I realized is even as I was on this journey of really understanding my heart and what was making me anxious, I realized the root of anxiety is unbelief. Ultimately, it's unbelief. You, re- you see right from Genesis chapter 3, it's, it's unbelief always. The root of anxiety is always unbelief. In, in some ways, I'm thinking, God does not care about me. In some ways, I'm thinking, yeah, God is all powerful, but he's not powerful in my situation. Oh, yes, he is good. I understand that. I'm a pastor. I understand that. But he is not good to me. Oh, yes, he is just and fair. But he's, he's not just here. Right? So in some way, deep down, deep down, there is unbelief. I cannot trust God. I cannot trust God. Right? Uh, be conscious. Be conscious. Be curious. Be curious. Right? And that's why it helps to talk to somebody. Right? And it could be a, as simple as talking to a friend. As simple as talking to your small group leader. Or as simple as talking to your past. It's, it's very simple. Just as simple as talking about your fear. Right? All right. Be, be conscious. Be curious. Lastly, be connected. Right? Be connected. Verse 6. Be connected. He says, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And it's a, it's a, it's a verse we all memorize. And I've always memorized this. And I know this, the go-to passage for anxiety, right? Uh, but I, I was able to see it in a very different way, right? You know, so going through this, right? One is be connected to God, be connected to God's people, right? And, I, and sometimes we underestimate the power of community, okay? And one thing I really struggled was... I felt like if I talk about my anxiety to my friends, if I talk about uh, what I'm feeling to church or to my friends or to people here, people who are listening, or what will they think of me? <laughs> what, they, what are they going to think of me, right? Will they, will they, will, will they make me like a patient, right? Or oh, this one patient now? <laughs> we have to, you know what I'm saying? Will they be looking at me like a patient? What are, what are, how are they going to treat me, right? Will they be weird around me? Every time I'm quiet, will they think I'm <laughs> I'm depressed or something? What are they going to do? Will they will they look at me as weak? 
Right? Will they look at me as weak? Will they? What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Right? And I, I didn't want to share. I didn't want to share for several months. I didn't want to share. And finally, I did share. Right? I shared to the, the three people. I shared it to, and uh, some of you know Rajesh and Christy, uh, the Gogos. Uh, I, I told I told them. I said I need help. I need help. I, I'm struggling. Right? And and that is where I realized the power of friendship and community, the power of gospel friendship, right? They showed up. They showed up every day. You know what I'm saying? They literally pulled me out. And I, I'm not I'm not better. I'm not saying I'm, I'm all excited. No, I'm, I'm still going through this, right? Uh, but they showed up. They literally came and they pulled me out of that abyss, right? Uh, they didn't do anything. They are not counselors. They are not trained. They had no idea. They didn't. If you ask them, what did you do? They have no idea. They just showed up. They showed up. And when I was sad, they sat with me. When I cried, they, they cried. They just listened to me. They were just there. Right? In some ways, I didn't want to be alone. I, I wanted somebody with me. I wanted somebody with me. I don't want answers. I can tell you all the answers. Right? I don't want answers. I wanted, I wanted somebody to be with me. And God has given you his children to be with you, right? So be connected to God's people, right? Uh, when we are open, and I don't want, and I, and I, and I, I struggle with that. I don't let pride or shame uh, stop you from leaning into the community of God. And sometimes they may not understand. Sometimes they may, they may brush you aside. Sometimes they may give you pat answers. That's okay, right? Uh, but there, there are people who would love, God would use to, God would use them to love you, to comfort you, right? Uh, so lean, lean on his people, right? Uh, be connected to people, be connected to Jesus. Be connected to Jesus. And how, how is this? He's, here you're connected with God in the context of prayer. Be connected to God in the context of prayer, right? And that's what he's saying. He's saying, do not be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your thanksgiving uh, and thanks, let your request be made known to God. It is in the context of prayer. It is in the context of prayer that I that I come before God. It is in the context of prayer that I bring my fears before God, that I bring my sadness before God. It is in the context of prayer that I cry before God. In the context of prayer, I, I feel I'm weak. And it is in that that Jesus begins to disciple you. You know what happened in that period? I was letting my fear and anxiety disciple me. My fear was discipling me. My fear was talking to me, right? Uh, and I was letting that speak to me and disciple me. And it is in the context of prayer, God begins to disciple you. God begins to transform you. God begins to comfort you, right? God begins to heal you. So, so it is in the context of prayer that the Holy Spirit comes and is refreshing and renewing your heart. He's needing you, right? Uh, anxiety, this is what anxiety is, right? Anxiety... Uh, and I was talking to Akshay, and Akshay helped me think through this beautiful, and this is, this is his uh, contribution. Right? Anxiety is being preoccupied with what I don't have. Okay? Anxiety is basically being preoccupied with what I don't have. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have people's approval. I don't have control. I don't have money. I don't have... Anxiety is basically being preoccupied with what you don't have. Gratitude, Paul says, puts all these three things together. Gratitude here is being preoccupied with what you have, with what God has given. Gratitude is being preoccupied with what Jesus has done. 
what Jesus has done on the cross for you. It is being preoccupied with, with, with what Jesus has given to you, the friends he's given, community, what, what he has. That is gratitude. Gratitude is not. Anxiety happens when you keep thinking about what you don't have. And gratitude is to be able to think about what you already have. Prayer is being preoccupied with God, the giver of all things. Prayer is being preoccupied with God, the giver of all things. And that is prayer. Prayer is not just asking something from God. No, you are preoccupied with God. You're not preoccupied with what you don't have. You're preoccupied with God. My friend, that is the way you overcome anxiety. That is the way. That is the way, right? And, and, and this is what I did. It's not rocket science and I'm still going through this. This is what I did. Right? One, the first thing I did is I, I reached out to my friends and I said, I need help. I need help, right? And if you're sitting here and if you're going through something and if you feel like, you know, it makes sense, maybe it is a little bit of your story or maybe this is your story, I would say reach out. Don't, don't be afraid. Right? Don't be afraid. And I, I was afraid, right? Uh, I would say reach out, right? Uh, so first thing, and that's, I'm, I'm so glad God helped me do that is to, to reach out. The second thing, when I reached out, I felt like I need some help because I, I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to get out, right? So we... Uh, I decided to get professional help. So I'm in counseling. Deepa and I, we go to counseling. Uh, we've been going uh, to counseling for like four months now. Um, and it's, it's been very helpful for me. Right? It's been helpful for a marriage. It's been because I don't talk. Right? I don't share my anxiety and all these things. But it is in the context of the counseling that Deepa sits with me and she's able to hear my story and I'm able to process these things. Uh, so I've got professional You may not need professional help. Right? But if you need, talk to somebody and get help. Right? There's nothing wrong in that. Uh, the third thing I did was immediately when I, when I spoke to my friends and I said, uh, I wanted to come out of social media. Right? And I, I, I like putting stuff on social media. Right? But I said, man, I, I, need, I need to get out of this. Right? Not, not in a bad way. Right? There's nothing wrong with social media. But I, I, I said, I need a sabbatical. From it. So like for the last four months, I've not been in social media. So I came out just to even quiet my heart. Right? Uh, and the next thing I did is I got a little accountable about my own prayer and Bible reading, right? I said, I want, I want to feed on Jesus. I want to really, not because I'm preparing something, not, and that's what I do, right? I, I do all these things. And I said, no, I need to pray, right? So I, uh, I take some time to think and pray and meditate on scripture and let Jesus, let Jesus become beautiful again, right? Not just useful, right? Jesus become beautiful again, right? One of the passages that really ministered to me, and I'm going to just use that to close, is Matthew 26, 36, right? Uh, Matthew 26, 36. And it says, then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. This is the last few hours few, uh, uh, of Jesus. He went to this place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Verse 37, and, and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Right? And I was reading this, man, this sounds like my, my heart. <laughs> this sounds like my heart. Right? And I was thinking, man, what, what did Jesus go through? It says he was sorrowful and troubled. Sorrowful unto death. He thought he was going to die. 
in that sorrow. He thought, man, this sorrow is going to kill him. He was filled with anxiety, not like our anxiety, because Jesus never sinned. So his emotions are not sinful emotions. But he still had an anxious thought. This is anxiety. He's dealing with that, right? And he's asking, he's telling his disciples, come and come and be with me. <laughs> I was thinking, man, what, a, what is this? Jesus needed somebody to be with him. The son of God. The king of kings, the darling of heaven, he needed a couple of his disciples, his friends to come and be with him when he was dealing with his sorrow and anxiety, right? Verse 39, and going a little farther, he, uh, farther, he uh, fell on his face and he prayed. He said, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, uh, so could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation, right? And again, verse 42, again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, this cup cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came back, 43, and again, he came and found them sleeping for the eyes were heavy and weary. Right? And I was thinking about this, man, why, why did Jesus go through this? What was happening? Obviously, he, he is going to face the cross. He's, he's talking about the cup of God's wrath. Obviously, that the wrath of God terrified him. The fact that he was going to be abandoned, not just by his disciples, but abandoned by his own father on the cross, not because he deserved it, not because of what he had done. It is simply because of these disciples. It is for us. And the, and the wrath of God terrified Jesus. It is a terrifying thing. The, the, the thought of being abandoned, it was sinking. And Jesus was troubled to the extent, and we see this in other passage, that his sweat began to turn into blood. Right? And why? Why did he do this? Why, my friends, he did this so that I won't be abandoned in my anxiety. He went through that so that I will not be abandoned. He agonized so that I don't have to be crippled by anxiety. He, he went through this so that in my anxiety, in your anxiety, he can be present with you. His comfort can be real. You don't have to be abandoned. You don't have to be lonely in your struggle. Jesus can be with you. That is why he went to the cross and he died and he rose again. He, he did this. He went through this. Why? Because one day you will be with him. You will be with him. Oh, you will be with him. And there is going to be no fear. No anxiety. Oh, when you be, you will be fully known and fully loved. Oh, when, when there is nothing that is going to disturb your peace. Oh, you're going to be filled with unexplainable joy. Oh, that day is coming. That day is coming. In the, in the, in the clip we saw, Birdie, his whole life was marked by his anxiety and fear. I think we don't, we don't have to live like that. We, we have Jesus who's inviting us. He's inviting you to come to him and to feast on him so that he can renew and restore your heart. So even as I close, and I, I want to encourage you, I'm going to pray for you. You can pray for me. Uh, but you have a wonderful community, and I, I hope you understand this, right? Uh, you have a wonderful gospel community. And it's not a perfect community. We don't have a perfect community. But we love Jesus and you love Jesus and you have the gospel as the center of your community. I'm telling you, if, if you cannot share your heart here, <laughs> there's no other place you can share, right? This is it. 
This is this is God's community. This is God's people. And I don't want you to let fear and shame stop you from embracing what God is going to do. Right? Let's pray. Father, even this morning, as we hear this, I pray, Lord, I just pray. I pray for my own heart. I pray for my friends. Lord, I, I just pray that you will remind us of your love. I thank you because we are not alone in our struggles. I pray that the things that we've heard today, uh, it will not only encourage our hearts, but if there are people in our lives who are struggling, that we will, oh, we will know and be with them. We will reach out. Just like how you wanted the disciples to just watch and be with them. I pray, Lord, that you will use us as a source of healing for, for people who are struggling. I pray for people who are going through anxiety, through fear. I pray, Lord, they will be conscious about it. They will be curious about it. And I pray, Lord, that they will reach out for help. And they will experience your healing in a real way. Help us. We need you, Jesus. And even through all this, we long for your coming. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come. We need you. In your name I pray. Amen.